There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. Indeed we are. This is The Grill broadcasting live from Barasti where the game is always on. Yep, I know it's been a busy weekend down at Dubai Airport. A lot of people jetting off for the festive period. But good crowd in here uh, at Barasti this evening down on the beach and of course in front of the big screen and the 20 plus screens dotted around the venue for what promises to be an intriguing evening of sport. Uh, we have got Premier League action for you. We've got Championship. We've got uh, the w- action up in Scotland. Uh, there is action across all the big leagues in Europe uh, lest we forget Club World Cup also gets underway uh, today so we'll have a little look at that one for you. Cape Town 7's ongoing as we speak at the moment we've got the European Champions Cup and the European Challenge Cup for rugby fans out there. Uh, all sorts of intrigue in the President's Cup in the world of golf at present as well and some big talking points as well emanating from the wider world of sport over the course of the last seven days This is The Grill as always asking you to get in touch with us. Have your say, number of ways for you to do that. Uh, either come on down here to Barasti and shout at us. We're up here on the rooftop gardens. Come on down, take advantage of some great food and beverage uh, opportunities and deals during the hours of the grill down here at Barasti. Equally, if you would like to have your say online, you can do so at Barasti Beach, at Dubai I 1038 FM, at Dubai I Sports as well. So get in touch with the show. Do uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, e- also, you can do send us a text at any point on 4001. This is the grill live from Barasti. This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for free on the Dubai Eye app. Message us for free on the Dubai Eye app. Uh, do get in touch with the show and have your say. Uh, it is me, Tom Eckert, with you through until 9 o'clock. But thankfully, not just me. We've got the brains, uh, the brains in town, the sporting brains uh, of Messrs. McCarty and Fortune. Uh, but Matt and Chris alongside us at the moment. Uh, Matt, good to have you on board. Happy Christmas and all that, Lark. A happy Christmas and a happy new year. I'm sure I won't see you before, Tom. I thought... Are we not spending... No. I do not send an invite to, uh, around till you know, <laughs> I thought we were doing it together. No? That's party around mine. It's just a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Hashtags. <laughs> you know, uh, good to have you on board. Chris McCarty, uh, last grill of the year for you. Yeah, I think it is, Tom. Looking forward to it. Next three hours. Thankfully, there's live football to see us through as well. So, happy Christmas to all as well. What is it? The 14th of December, 11 days. And we'll be celebrating the big red man. And, how many, and how many presents have you got so far, Chris? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will all happen on the 24th. The big red man. Loving that one. Talking of big red men. Uh, the red men of Liverpool in action at the moment. Uh, it is Liverpool against Watford. Uh, if you look at the uh, Premier League table, Chris McCarty, a bit of a mismatch this one. Certainly is. Watford have been awful all season long. They've gone through two managers. They're now on to a third. We see them break here with numbers against Liverpool. If you are just tuning in, if you are interested in the score, of course you are. It's Liverpool 1, Watford 0. Mohamed Salah with the goal midway through that opening half. An opening half that, in truth, Watford bossed for large parts. There are a number of guilt-edged opportunities. Uh, Abdoulaye Dekouri with the best of those. Watford have been good in this match. Nigel Pearson now in charge, the man that of course uh, scripted the great escape for Leicester back in 2014 and we all know what happened following season. They went on to win the league so he's the man now in charge. They are a goal down however. Craig Shakespeare alongside him yeah, there as well. Interesting to see that. They've been good today have Watford but unfortunately they're up against 
the red machine of Liverpool and that continues to churn and grind and eke out results and they are marching towards first league title since 1990. Liverpool 1 against Watford, uh, nil at the moment, 77 minutes on the clock. There is one result we can bring you from a little earlier on over in La Liga. I'm sure a number of you are biting your fingernails in suspense to see how Granada got, again, got on against Levante. Um, Actually, I'm doing it a disservice. It was a good game in the end. Three goals uh, uh, in the game itself uh, and a result that was finalised for the visitors in the 89th minute. So Levante taking the points in the last gasp uh, thanks to Ennis Bardi's goal on 89. Ruben Racina uh, opened the scoring for the visitors Levante only to see that one scratched up uh, or, or, or seen off by Darwin Matches uh, on 60. Remain one, one apiece until the 89th minute and then the visiting team Levante taking the points over in La Liga uh, Club World Cup that starts today where is that? It's over in Qatar Okay, that is where we're at and I can tell you the opening match of that one is Al-Hilal your AFC Champions League winners Saudi Giants of course they're going up against ES, ES Tunis they are your African Continental Champions of 2019 and later this evening we see Monterey of Mexico they're going up against Qatar's very own Al-Sad Javi uh, Hernandez, the, the Barcelona and Spain legend, he is a player, he is the manager over there as well, so looking forward to that one that one kicks off at 9.30 and then the big guns Liverpool will make their way over there and then from a after Brazilian game, standpoint, yeah, they're flying out after this you're absolutely right, and no. then you've got I hate to be contrary, but I believe Liverpool actually have a game first in the UK. They have well, a Carling Cup game, do Aston they not? Villa, yes. <laughs> but all that will be a young team. That is going to be managed so. by the under-23s, Walson, Jürgen, and the, the first-team boys will head on over to this part of the world because Club World Cup It's very important. Yeah. I don't think Liverpool have won one. No, but where do we stand on that? I know there was a hoorah, of course, in 1999-2000 when Manchester United forego their position in the FA Cup mm. so they could go to the Club World Cup. I, don't, I know the fixture, the build-up, it's not really Liverpool's fault, but I do... There's a small part of me that actually feels, prior, not prioritising, but taking a bit more seriously the Carling Cup. I know it is such a, it's a fourth-rate competition in Liverpool's eyes, but I do think you're doing a disservice to your fans that go week in, week out to just turn out an under-23 side. Yeah, I get that, but equally, and again, it's a football club decision where they want to prioritise. I'm kind of big on giving youngsters a chance, right, in the League Cup. And again, you say disrespectful to that competition. There are young players, there are fringe players champing at the bit to get an opportunity and this is a perfect opportunity against a decent Aston Villa side, a quarter-final of a League Cup, to put yourself out there and, and show Jürgen that you know, we're, we're ready to break into this first team. So I think they've got a deep enough squad, they're a very well-coached football club, Liverpool, with Jürgen and his coaching staff. They'll be fine and to be honest it wouldn't surprise me if they actually get a result yeah. against Villa and then go on and win oh, oh my goodness, oh, goodness almost me. an own goal from Virgil van Dijk oh yo 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 corner for Walford uh, what else is going on in uh, sport well we could not just the Premier League with this action there's also what we're going to call this one is this it's not so, is it a Birmingham it'd be more of a West Midlands derby wouldn't it uh, Birmingham City taking on West Bromwich Albion at the moment it was 1-1 at half time uh, uh, and uh, there's been more goals <laughs> in that one in just last few moments yeah it's 2-2 now 13 minutes remaining on the clock at St Andrews Birmingham City up against high-flying West Bromwich Albion managed now of course by former West Ham boss Slavin Bilic yeah. they went 1-0 down 
Cameroon early on in this one, inside the first three minutes, Lukas Jukiewicz, the former Motherwell striker it was who opened the scoring for Birmingham. Grady Diangana, the man on loan from West Ham, levelled things up after 10 minutes. Harleen Dean then made it 2-1 just after the break. And I can tell you that Charlie Austin, the former Burnley and Southampton striker, has levelled things up just a few moments ago. So good game that one, four goals, a thriller at St Andrews. Still time remaining on the clock for a fifth. It is Birmingham 2, West Bromwich Albion 2. Let's talk about a certain Jurgen Klopp if we can, fellas. Uh, he signed a new deal at Liverpool. Any big surprise there? No, not really. He's been rewarded for his incredible work. I think he signed a two-year extension through now to, to 2024. And if he was to see out the contract, I was interested to read today that only uh, Shankly and Paisley would have been in the job longer than Jurgen Klopp. Of course, he's got to see out the next four and a half years for that to be the case. And we all know that football can be a fickle business and a fickle industry. But listen, he's done a great job. It's no surprise whatsoever. He's been given the backing. The fans absolutely adore him. It is a footballing city. Matt and I were just talking about it on the way down. Similar as Dortmund is, Liverpool football kind of runs through that city it's numero uno the list of priorities for many in that particular part of the world so no surprise for me whatsoever no not at all and I think it's it's a perfect perfect fit we could see it from before he left uh, Dortmund my only fear is they're, they're so good Liverpool and he's created such a brilliant project that is continuing to bear fruit at some point not that he's going to get bored of that but there's going to be an element of okay there's only a finite amount of time I can be doing this job at this level of intensity mm. do I want to go and try other experiences other countries of course he only ever played properly in Germany he's only married managed sorry previously in Germany there will be a small part of him as we suspect Liverpool win the title this year perhaps go and string together back-to-back -back title wins yeah. that thinks do you know what I've kind of done everything I need to do here and that might take him before the end of that contract one other note in terms of contracts being signed which I found quite interesting announced on the same day was a two-year extension for a certain Steven Gerrard yeah. at Rangers which would suggest <laughs> that the two of them had been talking because those two contracts end at exactly the same time yeah. <laughs> and what a job Steven has done I don't know if you watched the game last weekend did, Tom, yeah. the, the League Cup I Scottish did. League Cup final Extraordinary. I mean I haven't seen a game like that in a long time where one team is battering the other and Rangers make no mistake about it absolutely battered Celtic <laughs> last week they missed a penalty as well Celtic had to hang on they played over half an hour with 10 men it was Frimpong the young 18 year old right back who was sent off and it was a cracking game he's done wonders with that football club but of course Rangers you're judged on trophies he will be judged on stopping Celtic nine in a row if they win the league this year that will then make them level with Jock Steen Celtic it makes them level with Rangers Walter Smith's Rangers nine in a row nine league titles in a row the big one for Stephen is stopping them if he doesn't do it this season of course that could happen but if Celtic do go on winning the title it is a must he will be judged on stopping that football club from making it ten in a row next season I know how we can be sort of critical uh, here on the grill of, of the fact that it is uh, such a two horse race up in Scotland but but, but, but what's good to see is that that two-horse race is back. Uh, it's back. Now. Make no mistake about it. I, I was talking to Emma, our, our former yeah. colleague, uh, last week. She was there, wasn't she? She was, was there, there yeah. nine hours of broadcasting. That's how excited Scotland <laughs> got. So she was on air nine hours before, or seven hours before kickoff. It was crazy. They, they went local for the old firm on Sunday, did BT Sport over there in the UK. But I was talking to her, and she was saying you could not get a ticket for love nor money. She couldn't remember a time, you know, we're going back years, that the demand was so, because Rangers have closed the gap. Yeah. They're now, and great as well, we need to doff our caps to both Celtic and Rangers, both of those sides reaching the knockout stages yeah. of the Europa League in midweek as well. So Scottish football, with those two 
queue at the top of it, very much on the up. Demand for tickets, great, and, and you know, uh, something that I think is brilliant to see that the demand for that game is back again. Listen, Rangers will go to the wire with Celtic. Make no mistake about it, this league title race this season, it's going to be a good one. And Stephen, not his biggest fan, of course, being a Liverpool legend that he is, <laughs> but as a manager, fair play to him, he's done well. Uh, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp has signed a new deal with the club that will run out and run through until 2024. Uh, he says that Liverpool are in a good place, he's in a good place, that's why he signed. The club was um, asking for a while already if we, um, we could talk about an extension and um, we have a specific moment on I thought it makes sense um, before things are getting a bit intense, I don't know, and... Um, not now, obviously, it was completely calm, but that uh, was exactly like it should be. But maybe in the summer we would have started again talking about um, things like that and to new players, when you want to bring them in, they ask them um, how long is the manager here and stuff like that. We all wanted to avoid that, so it's not done. I'm really happy about that. Um, uh, to, and I think the best sign is that we, we signed the contract, or we agreed the contract on a really bad weather day, so that's is. Um, we, I mean, I used to it, so that's okay. Um, no, really happy. Really happy family boy is um, Pep, Pete. I'm really happy that we could um, can be part of this wonderful uh, journey for a bit longer. So um, we know about everything. We know that um, there will be um, um, problems in the future, like there were in the past, like we have today. And um, but it's, I think it makes sense that somebody who knows the club um, helps sorting them then another guy has to do that and then it was always like um, I think the club is in a good place and we have the chance still to develop a lot of things a lot of exciting things coming up obviously with the, with the new academy with um, maybe a new stand and stuff like this so there's still a lot to come and um, yeah but there will be um, cloudy days as well and then you have to be there and, and make decisions and um, yeah I I really feel meanwhile very responsible for, for, for all the things here and um, so um, I wanted to sort this thing and uh, we did that and great. Jurgen Klopp there talking about his extension to his contract, uh, which we'll see him go through to 2024. Just put you in the picture of some of the uh, ongoing scores over in the world of rugby at the moment. Uh, we have got action in the European Champions Cup. Benetton taking on Lyon, uh, a very close affair. These are the final group stages uh, for the Champions and the Challenge Cup over in Europe. Benetton against Lyon is one of the early kickoffs in Pool 1. It's currently 18-17 with, what, around about 10 minutes left uh, of that particular game. Sorry, make it about 15 minutes. Uh, Meanwhile, Connaught taking on Gloucester, uh, and this is a right old seesaw event as well. Uh, Connaught um, are, are now leading Gloucester by a single point. It's 13-12 at the moment. As I say that, the Benetton-Leon score changes yet again as well. Leon, the visitors, taking um, an, early, uh, an advantage here. They're 22 points to 18 at the moment. Connaught leading Gloucester by that solitary point. It's 13-12 down there. Bordeaux Begel is taking on Ajon and Pool 3. Uh, 21-6 the score at the moment there. Uh, and the other game being played at the moment is in Pool 5, where Rugby Cal Visano are uh, losing to Leicester at the moment. 5-3 in a low-scoring affair down there. Uh, one result to bring you from a little earlier on today. Pope beating the Cardiff Blues by 34 points to 29. That's what's happening in the world of rugby. Uh, we keep an eye on the football for you as well. Plenty of other talking points in the world of sport. We'll get to those in just a few moments' time. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. 
Nice bit of goal. Where's it been? It's at Anfield, Tom, and I can tell you that is game, set and match. It will be the three points for Liverpool. No real surprise this one, of course. Liverpool, top of the table. They have been... Well, they've had no peers this campaign. They have been excellent. They're still unbeaten, lest we forget as well. VAR is checking this one. He's going to be onside, though. This should count. And it is Mohamed Salah once again. He's been quiet. I was just remarking off-air that I've got Sadio Mane in my fantasy football team. No Mohamed Salah. And he's got two today, as is always the case. You always pick the wrong one, or certainly I do. And Mohamed Salah, it's a lovely little back-heeled finish. It's a great move from Liverpool. Sadio Mane gets down the right. He pulls it back for Divock Origi. His shot, well, he doesn't catch it, but it falls to Mohamed Salah. Little flick through the legs of the defender into the empty net. Confirmation that the goal stands. Jurgen Klopp is celebrating. He's a happy boy. And the reason that he is celebrating in the manner that he is is because Watford have given them a real good game today. 2-0 flatters Liverpool a little bit in all honesty but a performance of champions he's shuffled the deck once again couple of changes they've come up trumps for him Liverpool 2 Watford 0 and a big three points for the Reds to kick off the weekend indeed it is uh, talking of the weekend lots to look forward to lots to look forward to in the world of football today we've got one, two, three, four games kicking off uh, at 7 o'clock local time here in the UA ahead of the late Wayne Southampton against West Ham uh, at 9.30 so let's cast our eyes over some of those two teams that are coming through at the moment. Uh, let's start with uh, Burnley. Um, before we do that, let's hear from Sean Dyche. Uh, it's always uh, good to hear from <laughs> Sean, just to marvel at his voice. Uh, 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 but it also, uh, he came up with a real perler uh, during his press conference earlier on uh, this week about a chance meeting with a certain Jose Mourinho. Actually, I'll tell you a little life story um, while I'm here. Strangely, bad result, bad day for us, that's for sure, last weekend. And the next day, with seven-odd million people in London, I bumped into Jose Mourinho. That was a strange moment uh, for him and me, uh, but we were both correct. He said they were very good, and he's correct, and I said we weren't. So we were both correct. But anyway, it was just a life moment. I thought it was quite interesting. More than I've spoken to him probably ever. So uh, we had a good ten minutes, and he was very polite and very kind to my family. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a, a, an interesting moment in a, in a city of seven-odd million people or whatever it is. Uh, Andy Carroll says that Steve Bruce is proving his doubters wrong. What have you I was going in pound start? stretches, by the way. He was on the way to Harrods. Sean <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dyche there with the little throwaway line at the end. Uh, so, it's, uh, uh, let's get that. Let's get, where's he gone, though? So, Sean Dyche, uh, having had that uh, tete-a-tete with Jose Mourinho, who's he gone for? Uh, so team-wise, uh, Tom, it's a, the very usual formation. Burnley, of course, up against it. That was quite the beating they took last week. But I noticed it's, it's six losses in eight games for them. It's a, it's a bit of a worry for me. They do go through this, Burnley. It's cyclical. They, they have a good season and a bad season. And, and we thought, actually, that this season was going to be one of the good ones. They took 21 games last year to reach 18 points. But they've been a much better side recently. They certainly they had Ashley Barnes in a rich vein of form for most of the early part. But as it is, I say, six losses in eight games. So they line up today against a Newcastle side who are doing quite the opposite as I'm sure Chris will tell you but as expected they go with a 4-4-2 you've got Nick Pope in goal Barzi Tarkowski Ben Mee and Eric Peters that's the back four then you've got Hendrick Westwood Cork and Dwight McNeil that's the midfield and then up top Ashley Barnes who I say had started very well this season has tailed off significantly not scoring in the last month or so and then Chris Wood joining him up top 
Uh, they take on Newcastle this afternoon. Uh, what about Mr. Steve Bridge? Should we hear from him? Let's hear from him now. Uh, obviously, uh, round about this time of year, you know there are sort of stock questions that managers get asked, aren't they, at certain times of the year? And you can pretty much guarantee a couple of weeks before Christmas, uh, all questions will lead towards January and the opening of a certain window as well. Uh, whether there will be money coming in, whether there will be money coming out, etc., remains to be seen. Uh, let's hear from uh, Steve Bruce about uh, his prospects for January. Window in January. Could this the injury situation? Could no, that uh, we haven't got anybody serious. Alan's 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 the most probably serious out of them. Who's who's probably a month. Look, I think I've said it from day one. When since everybody starts asking me about January or beer, mm. is if there's something there that can really improve us, then we'll act. But in my experience with January, it's always difficult. Always difficult. Nobody wants to sell their best players, and I've got to be patient myself. If the personnel's not right, then um, we've got to be patient and wait. Got to be patient and wait. Uh, we don't have to wait too long for their next game, that's for sure. Chris McCarty's ruling his uh, eye over that. Just before you do that one, Chris, full-time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, full-time at Anfield. It has finished Liverpool 2, Watford 0, and it's a double from Mohamed Salah. Liverpool march on, remain unbeaten at the top of the table, and it's now over to Leicester. They're up against Norwich from 7 because they'll need to respond in kind because as things stand, Liverpool 11 points clear, 49 points from 17 games. It is a remarkable start to the campaign. They have continued that rich vein of form that they had at the back end of last season. Not at their best today. I think Liverpool fans, anyone who's watched the game would probably admit to that. Even the most hardened of Liverpool fans, but it's a clean sheet. It's another three points. Indeed it is. I think it's only their third in the Premier League this season, Chris. And I know you talk about their excellent run towards the back end of last season. If Liverpool continue this unbeaten run, of course, as an Arsenal yes. fan, I'm fully well aware that yeah. it's 49 is the current record. Liverpool's 50th game Manchester City. Man City, <laughs> yes it is. So Newcastle, we're talking about them, and you were mentioning, Matthew, that Burnley have lost six of their last eight. Compare and contrast that to Newcastle. They've won four of their last six in the Premier League, and when you look at that run, that 3-2 win at West Ham, sorry, Tom, 2-1 at home to Bournemouth, 2-0 at Sheffield United, for me, was the result of that recent run, because Sheffield United are on their own patch. We know what a strong and, and difficult team they are to play against, and then a 2-1 come-from-behind win against Southampton last weekend. He's had to shuffle the pack, has Steve Bruce, due to some injury issues, you heard him talk about them there so it's, uh, well it's a formation that you'd expect it's Martin Dubravka in goals back five, Javier Manquillo comes in right wing back, Jetro Velens the left wing back, the defensive three, Phil Dummett, you've got Fabian Schaar and then you've got Federico Fernandez. midfield four for me, Christian Atsu on one side you'll have Joliton, the number nine who normally plays up front on his own, he's having to cover in at left wing today because of those injuries, then you've got Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden and it will be the big man, Andy Carroll, leading the line for Newcastle. It's not going to be a pretty match, this, up against a rather <laughs> direct Burnley, but should be an entertaining one nonetheless. Indeed. Uh, talking of entertainment, uh, we say it week on week, don't we, Chris McCarty? Just go down to the Championship if you want a bit of entertainment. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not that often that entertainment and Charlie Austin go hand in hand, <laughs> but he seems to be providing today. He's, listen, he's a machine. He's a goal-scoring machine. He's one of those ones. If you give him the service, Charlie Austin will score goals. The former bricklayer of course, a man who played for Burnley as the man went to Southampton. He's now at West Brom and he is at that level 
he is well he's probably got no peer and truth be told if you are with a do- if you've got a dominant football team if you've got a good football team and he's leading the line you'll get goals and he's done that today they were 2-1 down where West Brom at St Andrews against Birmingham he levelled things up to Charlie Aston on the 73rd minute he may well have just scored the winner on the 81st minute we're into stoppage time three minutes already have elapsed in that stoppage time additional time at St Andrews it's Birmingham 2 West Brom 3 and with that result if it stays the way it is West Brom will be three points clear at the top of the table they'll have played a game more than Leeds United but there is a gap now opening up and if you look at West Brom on 49 points Fulham in third 14 points is the difference so I would suggest and I know there's an awful long way to go over half the championship season West Brom and Leeds for me Stonewall absolute stuck on to get back to the Premier League uh, just just a a little side anecdote or a life story as Sean Dyche (laughs) would call it uh, about Charlie Austin see Charlie Austin and I both uh, uh, met once at Swindon Town when I was going for a job interview to be their web editor having just recently come out of university and he was the prolific non-league Paul Town centre forward we passed (laughs) each other in the car park him in what can best be described as anyone who grew up kind of in the suburbs of London will know in that sort of era a chavmobile <laughs> like a blacked out Vauxhall Corsa beaten up rubbish car awful music blaring out there was me you know, keen fresh out of uni looking for a job at Swindon Town bizarrely miles from my house and we just passed a little nod to each other and from there, my career went downhill, and <laughs> he's now a top-level footballer. So, um, has he still so got the same courser or not? I'd suspect he's probably upgraded, or you at least would hope he would. Really <laughs> has. Uh, I just want to cast my back to a couple of the uh, results from last night. Obviously, had uh, results in Spain. Alaves uh, against Leganes finished one apiece in that one. There was uh, a Friday, uh, Thursday night, uh, Friday night football, I should say, over in the German Bundesliga as well. Uh, Hoffenheim going down to a heavy beating from Augsburg, 4-2 in that game yesterday. Lille beating Montpellier in the French League uh, but one game from the championship threw up more goals and more talking points as well uh, talking points I'm going to ask the boys for on this I just found this bizarre um, I mean uh, the verdict is out the jury's out for me on Lee Bow yeah obviously um, I've got a sort of bit of familiar understanding of him as a player and things like that as a manager let's wait and see I want to get the boys thoughts on it just listen to this though I mean it's a little bit lengthy but stick with it if you can fascinating fascinating Boya insight um, and a little bit of rage as well at the end of yesterday's or last night's 2-2 um, uh, draw with Hull City we didn't defend until the final whistle that's where we went wrong uh, you'd think we'd learn after the weekend, when the same happened the weekend, uh, Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday night. They scored with 30 cents to go, and then tonight they scored injury time in injury time. So there was, ref put up, said it was going to be four minutes, then he decided to add another minute. And then five minutes was up when the foul was given, and then he let them put the foul, uh, the, the, the free kick into the box. Then we cleared that. Then normally every game, I've been in the game long enough every game then I see once the clearance is gone then that's it they blow but no he lets them then put another cross in then they score don't get me wrong bad defending bad defending but now my lads like I feel for them so much because they've you've just seen there they've given absolutely everything again and to get done like that when the whistle should have been blown. In my eyes the whistle should have been blown. Was it was he not giving it for Lyle Taylor went down injured didn't he? Okay, so we give an extra minute for that. But the five minutes was up when before they then put the free kick into the box. 
So then if the five minutes is up then, what, so where does the extra time come beyond the extra time? Well, you just add a little bit just to see if they can maybe score, which they done. That, that don't happen. You can't just make your own rules up. That's not going through his head, though, is he thinking about that? Yeah, but the time's up. The time's up. You put five minutes up. When it's five minutes, then the, the time's up. That's, that's what happens in every other game that I watch. They might let you put a ball into the box, but then when it gets clear, they blow the whistle. I've seen that a million times, but not tonight. That ain't happened because then they've let it then put another ball into the box and then they've scored. Don't get me wrong, we should defend it better. There's no questioning. We should defend it better. But to, to come away with one point after everything that the players have just put in, I'm, I'm, I feel for them. I'm disappointed for us. I'm disappointed for our fans. They did not stop singing all night. And we're all leaving disappointed with a point. And, and that's how, how far this football club's come. In, in the time that I've been here, We've come on leaps and bounds. We're competing against Hull, a, a good side. And we've got so many people out. That just shows the character that we've got in that dressing room. But they deserve more tonight. For 100%, they deserve more. We haven't got that long with you. But on that point, you said before the game that there were some strange things said last night. Can you give us any more on that? Or just strange things. Like there's, there's ideas that are getting bounced around. Uh, and that's obviously private. Um, so no, but the, the reason I say that is you are stood here, you're trying to put uh, an 11 out. You can't even get enough to, to fill the subs bench because of the injuries. You need this to happen to get players through the door, don't you? Yeah, I do. And, and I also know that you know that I'm, my head's not in a good place at the moment and you're trying to dig something out of me which is not going to happen. I respect our meeting last night and, and what went on behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Please don't take out of context when I say strange things that it was something strange and weird. No. It, it was just conversation and then there was some, some things that were said and you think, okay, well, that's a bit different. That's what I meant by strange. So please don't think that there was anything anything different to that. No, it's just about getting some clarity behind that and you've done that and I, and I respect that. What players have you got coming back now that can change things? Well, as you see, Lyle um, came on at the end there. Um, so he will be now ready to, to start again. Um, Johnny Williams will then train with us Monday. He will have a full week's training. We'll be on the bench as long as he comes through the week's training. Sam Field comes back to us Wednesday from West Brom. Uh, I know the fitness coach there. I know he's had a, a good a good workout there and, and he's ready to go from what I understand. Um, again, we have to bled these players back in again we can't just say right there you go there's 90 minutes we have to break them in a bit like what we were doing with Lowell but the positive thing is we've got two more coming back into the group next week you said that you're kind of a plumber without your your tools at the moment when they're all back this team they're not in danger are they relegation no no I don't think so because before we lost Lowell six games in we we one four drew two. I mean, in, in the national break, Lowell went away, come back, got injured, and then since then we, we was okay with that. Lowell, we were still scoring goals, creating chances, and, and slowly but surely we, we we went to Fulham with with a lot of players out. We went to West Brom with a lot of players out and, and got good results and, and was in them games. And um, so yeah, I believe once we get some of these players back and and. and all of them would be great, but I know how football works. You don't always have a, a full squad. But once we get some more back, then I'm, I'm sure we'll start picking up results, more results. And, and again, with, with all the bodies out, we're still competing and, and putting on a, a good show. Penny for the thoughts <laughs> on the boys. 
Or Mr Lee Bowyer. I'm just listening to that, Tom. I would have loved the reporter. Final one from it before I go. Uh, before you go, Lee. Lyle Taylor, I'm hearing reports that Rangers are sniffing about. <laughs> any <laughs> any thoughts on that? Because that would have maybe tipped him over the edge. <laughs> Bless him. I mean, a couple of things to, to unpack from all of that. He, he's obviously frustrated. And the ownership issue at that football club has, has kind of hang over Lee. Remember, he quit, didn't he, yeah. in the summer? He quit and then reversed his decision. But Within 24 hours. See, that was it. There was a uh, statement on the club yeah. website saying he's out, he's gone, but not from him. <laughs> and then 48, 24, 48 hours later, delighted to announce that Lee Bowyer is our new manager all of a sudden. <laughs> Absolute Bizarre. chaos. I mean, what a, a, a brilliant club chart. And I'll let, let you finish in a second, Chris. I spent, spent a lot of time going to the Valley, a couple of good friends of mine from school. Just a brilliant club in a, in a good part of town, yeah. right in the middle of just terraced housing everywhere, packed every single week it was when it was the Premier League and the Championship. And they have been through the absolute yeah. ringer with Roman de Châtelet, just appallingly managed and they've gone about their protest in exactly the right way. It's never got ugly. It's been very well controlled, very well managed, very well financed to the point where it became untenable for him and a a massive hat tip to to fan power essentially Mm. in that stage and to find a manager that totally buys into that concept and kind of has that you need a manager when you're in the situation when you're fighting against a bad ownership you want a manager not necessarily the Lee Bowyer that we remember fighting with his own teammates <laughs> but a manager yeah. that's willing to to drag himself over the hot coals yeah. and, I think, and I think he's really put himself in exactly the right club for a guy who, who had somewhat of a, a checkered reputation of yeah, course got as them a up, player got them up from League One and, yeah. and the point that he makes is a valid one now you've got to play to the whistle we know that Tom but he is right how often do we see referee common sense right I've elapsed four minutes You've heard there, Lyle was down injured, so he's added on another minute. The referee should look at the clock. I'm with Lee on this. Right, free kick. I'll allow you guys to take it. This is the final chance. We've now ticked past the four minutes. We've ticked past the minute that I'm uh, allotted that I've added on for the injury. One last chance, boys. This free kick, you need to to, to make it count. It's been then cleared, and for the referee not to blow the whistle there, I'm kind of with Lee on that front. He's admitting, listen, we've got to defend it better. But the referee's got to say, listen, guys, I've already given you more than a minute. This is your final chance. If it's swung in and a defender gets up and bang, powers it in, Lee won't complain. But it's the fact they then clear it the whistle's got to go then. Well, this is, it? it's a consistency thing. You're absolutely yeah. right, Chris. I really think that you do get that one last chance. The problem is, and I know it doesn't happen very often, but a lot it, it has done in the past where referees will blow when the free kick is going into mm. the box and then you'll see incidents where there'll be a goal or there'll be an incident or a penalty shout or something like that. You have to let that, fir- that passage of play. If the foul is given before the end of that allotted time, you're absolutely right. You have to give it the chance to get into the box. Whatever that first incident, if it's a defender heading it clear, whistle goes. If it's a striker heading it to the back of the net you'll wait for it to hit the back of the net and then that's it yeah. you don't have time for the yeah. for the for the kickoff after that but to let their recycle the ball I think is mad I, yeah. I fully sympathise with them on that one let's take a short break when we come back uh, we'll have more team news for you ahead of the 7 o'clock kickoffs uh, and there are live games ongoing around the region and around the world unbelievable goal this is the grill live from Barasti where the game is always on What's been going on in the world of sport today? We're telling you that Liverpool have taken uh, all three points uh, in the first uh, of the Premier League games today. They won their game against Watford, top against bottom, uh, 2-0 to continue their march at the top of the table. West Brom take the points uh, over at arch-rivals Birmingham, uh, finishing with two Charlie Austin goals in the last uh, 10 minutes or so to seal the points for them on that particular result. Uh, We're underway in the first of the Club World Cup games. About half an hour on the clock in that one. Al Halal taking on ES or S? 
ES, is yes. what I would say. ES Tunis. I can tell you it's still 0 0 in that one. Al Halal, the AFC, the Asian Champions League winners, going up against the African Champions League winners. That's 0 0 later this evening. It is Monterey going up against Al Sad. Then the big clubs Liverpool, Flamingo. Flamingo, of course, winning the Copa Libertadores. Liverpool, the UEFA Champions League winners. Uh, Esperance Sportif de ah. Tunis is the ES, which translates as the hope of sport. Brilliant Google Translate, isn't it? I've just seen what you've typed <laughs> there. In. Sports hope. My of French GCSE, that Chris. Sports uh, hope of Chinese. Early kickoff over in Italy. Brescia taking on Lecce. Uh, no goals in that one as yet. Half an hour on the clock, and they've just got underway over in Germany as well. So we'll keep an eye on the uh, five games that are underway over in Germany. Late one down there is Dusseldorf against Leipzig at 9:30 this evening. So uh, plenty of football to get our heads around, and more so than the Premier League, which we will of course be keeping you updated as the goals go in. You'll hear them here, right here on the grill. The boys will be. Uh, talking us through them as and when they see them pop up on the big screen down here. Uh, one game that is generating a lot of interest is Chelsea against Bournemouth. Uh, Frank Lampard, transfers! I think you've said in the past that you'd sit down and talk with him about whether he'd leave next month because obviously he wants to be playing more with the Euros coming up in the summer. Uh, have you sat down and talked to him about his future? No. Or are you planning on doing no. so? I mean, the players, all the players that are here, I won't have any talk of anything in January until we get to January. Everybody. Do you, do you want him to stay or would you be... Yeah, I'm happy for him to stay, but with every player in the squad, uh, I want him to be here for Chelsea, to have the right professionalism, the right desire to be here. He's shown me that and he's training every day this season. So that's what I'm happy with. And when it comes to players like Pedro and William, whose contracts are running out at the end of the season... Would you want them to get new contracts or are you happy for them? Well, it's always an issue for the club as well as myself. I obviously, uh, as, the, as the manager, have full conversations upstairs. Uh, there's a money side, there's a playing side. Um, so um, I want, as I said before, players that want to be here and can perform well for us. And I think they both have done now over their careers here. Um, so those, that's, that's simple from my point of view. I want, I want good players here. And the final one for me, uh, just about Nathan Aki. How clever has it been that Chelsea have got a buyback clause when they sold him to Bournemouth? And is centre-back an area that you're looking at strengthening in January? I don't know how clever it is. I mean, it is what it is. I think it's, um, you know, Nathan come through here and uh, when he's gone to Bournemouth to be able to play regular football, I think he's done fantastically well and showed himself a really good defender in the Premier League there. Um, in terms of um, the back four, the, the defence that we have, I'm very happy. And again, wouldn't be anything I'll consider until I feel otherwise. And at the minute we can do no business. We have to worry about Bournemouth tomorrow, Tottenham next Sunday, Southampton, Arsenal, Brighton, then the window opens. Uh, Mr Frank Lampard there giving us his thoughts uh, on um, the art of management uh, and the art uh, of uh, speaking diplomatically to journalists <laughs> as well. Uh, what's he done with his team selection today? Yeah, it's a good team for Chelsea. Of course, not a good run of form, actually, for Frank at the minute. They lost three of their last four Premier League games. I know they've been against some trickier opposition, but that is always the worry when uh, younger players get in a bit of a rut. 
it's trickier to get them out of it. When kids are flying high, it's very easy to maintain that form. And you get one bump in the road, it can be tricky for them. But you're staying true to a lot of the players that have got Chelsea to this point already, to the point that makes me quite sick to my stomach, to the likeable point that they are playing some excellent football. But they line up as they have been for much of the season with Kepa in goal. You've got Cesar Piliqueta at right back and Emerson at left back. They're the two areas, talking of his, uh, his transfer plans, that I think they need to look at. I think they need to improve at fullback. In at the middle, they've got Kurt Zuma and Antonio Rüdiger. Of course, Chimori has been playing there, but he is injured. We're not sure how long for. Uh, the base of midfield, N'Golo Kante and Jorginho. Jorginho, a player reborn under Frank Lampard, amazingly signed by Sari and just became a bit of a boring ticker over of the ball. Same with Kovacic, but something he's found another level under Frank Lampard. It's been good for him. Then you have the three. You've got William Mason Mount and Christian Pulisic. They're playing in behind, of course, the wonderfully informed Tammy Abraham. Um, let's just pick up on that Nathan Ake uh, story as well. Um, what, what, what do we know of that? I mean, is that, is, is, that, is that a regular thing, these buyback clauses? Yeah, if they're smart. And he said there, Frank, he's poo-pooed what I've just said there because he said, I don't know if it's smart. It's prudent, call it what you will, but it is smart because any young player... No, the, the route to the first team was blocked for Nathan. Hugely talented young boy. He's gone to Bournemouth. I, I think every big club should be doing that. I think every big club that allows a talented young player to leave, you make sure in those contract negotiations, you knock off five million quid off the original fee to ensure that there is a buyback clause there. Because we've seen with Aki, how many players have we seen it with who, when they go, when they're trusted by the manager and they get a run of games, they flourish and they, and, and they, they, they fulfil their potential. He's a wonderful defender, Nathan. He's part of the Netherlands squad now as well. Yes, OK, it's Virgil van Dijk and Mitchell de Ligt is your, uh, Matthias de Ligt is your two centre-halves for Ronald Koeman, but Nathan Aki is first first player that they look to bring in. He's a wonderful defender, and if and if the big clubs, Liverpool have been linked in the past, no Manchester United, Spurs as well, if they come calling, the phone will go to Chelsea. Do you want to exercise this option or not? I know this, is, this will sound as a fairly sort of trite sort of comment because it's the nature of football, isn't it? It's the nature of certain managers getting out, something out of certain players that other managers can't. But how often do you see that or hear that as well, those great stories of players who just have sort of gone under the radar until they end up... Mo Salah is a perfect Salah, example. Great. But the one who was always watching midweek Champions League, Bayern Munich, there's a lot of chat about him at the moment. Was Nabry. it West Brom? Yeah, Serge Nabry. Yeah. Yeah. Just described as not good enough by Tony Pulis yes. when he was at West Brom. Because, of course, he came from Arsenal. Big hopes there were for Serge Gnabry when, that, when, when he joined Arsenal. I remember we came through, I think at 16 we signed him from Germany. Big, big hopes. Played a number of games, scored in the Premier League. I seem to remember at Swansea. Yeah. I think excellent player, very, very talented. I think lost his way a little bit. Probably had been told for a number of years that he was going to be a big, big player and then got a little bit frustrated not getting that time at Arsenal. So went to West Brom, probably felt it was a little bit beneath him and then exercised the right to move. I think he'd let his contract run down at Arsenal. But Arsenal weren't smart enough to inject that opportunity to have a buyback option. I know they've done it in the past with Cesc Fabregas. There wasn't a fee, but they had first refusal on Cesc Fabregas and bizarrely turned it down when he left Barcelona. But I think it is, it's fairly common and it's just the way it is, unfortunately. Some kids get impatient. Jaden Sancho, what an excellent example. Look at Phil Foden. Who do you think is having the better career at the yeah. moment? The one who stayed at Manchester City or the one who went and got an opportunity elsewhere? Mm. Jaden Sancho is an interesting one. I think City, do they have a buyback? I don't believe they do, no. Him. It's certainly not been reported as much. It's been linked with him today about trying to get him back. He's the big one for me. He's the one that all the clubs, I know Manchester United, have put a real stock on him. I think he's very high in the yeah. top of all the Gunnar Solskjaer's wanted list. Man City as well, being there, and Liverpool are being linked strongly with Jaden Sancho. Watch this space with him. Talking about Nathan Ake there, uh, he's been talking to the press and 
and obviously people are asking him, are you happy at Bournemouth at the moment, Nath? How is Bournemouth for Nathan Ake these days? Yeah, I love it. The place, I think I've told you before, the place um, where we live, I think, is, is amazing. It's so chilled, nice. Yeah, and also the club itself is so, it's like a family club, I've told you before. It's, it's, I think, as a, as, especially as a young player, to come here, I think it's a perfect fit for, for anyone um, who likes that, yeah, 100%. On Saturday, um, you looked completely devastated, understandably so. Can you just share with us what was going through your mind as you were walking off that pitch? Yeah, it felt quite bad, you know, and after that I couldn't, couldn't really walk, so I was thinking, oh, this, this is going to be a bad one. Um, it felt, it, yeah, very painful, and yeah, just especially in this period we're in now, um, you don't need something like that, that. You just obviously want to play every game, and, and I've hardly been injured over the last three, four years, so it was a little bit of a shock for me, but um, yeah, it's part of, part of football. Didn't sound great, uh, that's for sure. Let's find out uh, if he has made the starting eleven. He has not today, Tom. I can tell you that Nathan Aki not in the match day squad. So that injury opens the door to Chris Mepham, the young Welsh man, the man that was signed from Brentford, a man that I know very well and a man who I think has got a big, bright future in the game. So Bournemouth is as follows. Interesting change of formation for Eddie Howe today, and it is just one win in ten for Bournemouth in the Premier League. And yeah, who did that victory come against? Manchester United <laughs> as well. They've lost their last five, have Bournemouth. I dare to suggest midweek that Eddie how a tad overrated. It elicited oh. a response from one Bournemouth fan who phoned in the show and had his say it's on this particular... a response from the guy sitting next to you. That's madness, <laughs> Yeah, I think he is a little, I must admit. But anyway, Bournemouth, Aaron Ramsdale in goals. It's a back four of Jack, Stacey, Simon Francis, Chris Mepham and Diego Rico. Midfield three, he's sitting in Lewis Cook, the former Leeds United man, Jefferson Lerma and Philip Billing, formerly, of course, of Huddersfield then he's got the kind of Dan Gosling the, the, the workhorse in there Ryan Fraser will look to you can see what their game plan is going to be it's going to be sit deep and hit Chelsea on the counter attack Ryan Fraser's pace and trickery will give them that option and it's Josh King the Norwegian international former Manchester United youth player who is leading the line so it's a 4-3-2-1 expecting Bournemouth to try and grind out a result I think Chelsea win this though and Bournemouth Unfortunately, we'll be winless in six. <laughs> Taking on the Eddie Howe discussion, Tom, looking at you as a West Ham fan and the expectation that you'll be looking for a new manager at some point, if it's not this weekend, probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Would you take Eddie Howe? No, we sold it already. Uh, we, McCarty and I have sold oh. it already. We did it. We, I think we did he's it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's got an interesting one for you, Martin. Yeah, uh, my, so my theory is is that I, we, have a, we have a double payback. You know, when we have to say goodbye to Manuel Pellegrini because of the poor run, what do you do? You need, to sort of go, you need to go to someone who understands the club. You need to go to someone... You need to go down the... Well, you know, much like Frank Lampard's done at Chelsea... Oh, he's not going to see Scott Parker. Oh, goodness, I thought you were going to say Mark Noble. Scott Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say yeah, Sam Allardyce. What's, what's happened to the, the role of player managers? Bring them back in the Premier yeah, League, you know. It's so true. Just bring the player managers back. I'm trying to think, is there any... No, to my knowledge, there is no player manager in the football league right now. Well, uh, Across England, certainly in the UK. So Wayne Rooney is a player coach. He's player coach. Player coach yeah, it's still yeah. Philip Cuckoo who's in charge. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. No, there's no I one. We could think I can of think of the only one that's in matter, and he's not. But I'm sure he's looking at the team he's managing at the moment. Big Sol Campbell down there. With yes. Sk- South End. South End, of course. Yeah, shipping goals left, right, and centre. Yeah. I bet he's looking out there thinking, <laughs> I could still, I could play still definitely do a job out here, fellas. <laughs> uh, if you could think of any player yeah, managers out there, do text them in four zero zero one. We're talking about Eddie Howe there. Um, he would. No, they'd never let him go. The, 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 but the South Coast would never let Eddie Howe go. But it, it's not a case of letting them go. There's almost a. There should be a degree of respect. Respect 
for the job that he's done at that club and he's been there he's a boyhood West Ham fan is that the line uh, that's I... yeah I've read that this week that and, and I just think listen seven years I mean he was there for a couple of years beforehand I think was he not maybe yeah, three then years and then went to Burnley didn't quite work out for him there back to Bournemouth in 2012 done such a terrific job he's he's a very likable bloke I think he fits he, he, he represents the club perfectly and I think a club the two jobs that I think he should be looking at and I said this before I said this on us on the show with Robbie a couple of weeks back Everton and West Ham are that perfect yeah. fit because he improves players Eddie Howe he gains the respect of players that are underperforming and elevates them to a position where they should be performing and maybe helping them kick on you look at someone like Ryan Fraser come to the club with confidence not particularly flying and is now rumoured to be linked with or was with Arsenal certainly linked with bigger moves Callum Wilson another player yeah. who was ditched by he's Manchester United is he not oh, uh, Coventry Coventry sorry and then there's Josh King Josh King's the Manu. Manchester United but he does that where he gets good players and makes them perform better than the sum of their parts and I think it's a perfect fit for West Ham who do have a squad that is far better than they're currently performing and the same with Everton I think it would be a great fit we'll take him more than happy to take him although I would like to keep the door open for the double arrival of Scott Parker <laughs> and Mitrovic alongside as well oh, yeah you're me. a big fan they can, uh, they can have Haller we'll play Mitrovic back it's fine uh, we will hear from Eddie now shall we uh, Mr Eddie Howe uh, why the poor run of form we're stretched defensively yeah there's no denying that I think when you look at Steve Cook and Nathan Ake have done so well for us in the middle of the pitch um, to lose those two players is a, a big blow um, and Adam as well who's been really consistent for us so big players add Lloyd Kelly to that injury list it's yeah, quite a chunk of our defenders are not available but we, we still believe in the players that we have uh, got a, a mixture of youth and experience in there they have to step up now and show their qualities individually each of them will believe they're good enough to play regularly in the Premier League got no, no denying their confidence levels in themselves collectively it will be a new back four so that's something that um, we need to, and we have worked hard on to make sure that the the structures are right and the relationships are there. That's going to be the big thing. You've used some pretty strong words in the last couple of weeks, saying you never felt lower two weeks ago. You're embarrassed by the run last week. How, how have you been this week with it, with these injuries, and now it being five defeats in a row? Uh, how have I been? I think in these moments, I'd like to think that's where I try and be at my best, because I think this is the most challenging moment for you when you're when you're leading. Um, the team and you're being asked questions and people will doubt you and a whole host of different emotions that's where you've got to be at your strongest and at your most resilient so I'd like to think I've handled these situations before and I can do it again so it's about being consistent with the players it's about not ripping up everything that you believe in uh, it's about not, not listening to the noise around you um, getting the best out of every single player that we have here that's probably my biggest task and we'll be fine you're listening to The Grill. More of the biggest sports stories now. On Dubai I 103.8. Let's just run through some of the other uh, team lineups, if we can. Let's get down to Leicester, high-flying Leicester at the moment, loving uh, the, uh, the, the football that Leicester are playing. Um, uh, Brendan Rodgers, what about January? Any sales? A lot of players we can put in that category, I think, from, from your yeah. squad. Madison Tielemans and Didi Chilwell, the list goes on. What would it take for this club to sell one of those in January? One of your really key players, one of your big players. There'll be no one leaving in January. Categorically? Categorically, yeah. And you've had that from on high? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sure... Do you want we... to check with them first? Or, uh... Yeah, I'm sure if we speak, then uh, that, will, that will be the case as well. It's the, the nature of the game. Of course, the, 
you know, you're doing well. There'll always be speculation around you and James and one or two other boys. You know, they understand that. So, um, but long may it continue because uh, he's been absolutely brilliant. Started the season very, very well, very efficient, very productive, and uh, and it's getting better. So, um, so yeah, it, it's. It's sometimes what happens whenever you're doing so well and when you're doing consistently well. So uh, he's a very bright young player and uh, get a big future. So Brendan Rodgers says no sales in January, no categorically. Chance. No chance whatsoever. If, I, if I'm Frank Lampard and I've got 150 million quid and a newly approved transfer ban lifted, <laughs> I'm knocking on their door for Ben Chilwell 100%. Yeah. He'll cost you 50 plus in today's market, his age and his potential. They spend fifty plus on Chilwell. He doesn't sell it. Brendan's right though. That football club does not sell any of their players. Who's playing today? Who's playing today, Tom? Uh, we're as expected again. It's such a good side. You look at this Leicester team. It's it, for me, and I call it, and I'm, I'm very happy to have called it at the start of the season that they would finish third this year. I just think you look through it. There's not a weakness among yeah. you. It's excellent. You have got your Casper Schmeichel in goal, continuing to be an excellent shot stopper. You have got the back four: Ricardo Pereira, Johnny Evans. I can never say the Turkish centre half's name. Chris, so thank you. And Ben Chilwell as the back four. Those two fullbacks. I've had a, a nightmare in my fantasy football team picking the wrong one either way. And that's what's so good about Leicester is that they switch sides. You don't know which side it's going to come from. You know, you look at some yeah. clubs where it's very clear where the best fullback is, but with Leicester, just dangerous down both flanks. You then got that midfield three of Dennis Pryor, Wilfred Ndidi, who Chris, I know, is desperate to see at Manchester oh. United, an excellent holding midfielder. And then Yuri Tielmans, who's only still about 24. They spent big on him, and rightly so, but he can go on to bigger and better things. You then got the three. You got James Madison in at 10. Jamie Vardy, of course, having scored in eight consecutive consecutive games, eight games that Leicester have won. And Kelechi Iheanacho getting, I believe, his third start in a row. Iose Perez has dropped to the bench. But Iheanacho, another player, I think, signed two, three years ago. Expected big things from him. He'd always done so well at Manchester City. Signs in the last couple of weeks that maybe he is finally starting mm -hmm. to find his feet. Absolutely. What about Daniel Fark? Who has he lined up? Yeah, 4-2-3-1. And looking at this Norwich team, they are looking to frustrate Leicester this afternoon. For that, there is no doubt. Tim Krul in goals. Max Ahrens, the right back. Big fan of Max. I know Brendan Rodgers is as well. Uh, he is a young fullback with a bright, bright future. Zimmerman and Ben Godfrey. Ben Godfrey, a centre-half who I think is capable of top six as well. A young centre-half. I know we spoke to Dale at the start of the campaign. They are massive fans of him at Norwich Football Club. Ben Godfrey. Sam Byron, formerly of West Ham, formerly of Leeds United. He's in at left-back. The midfield two of Alexander Tete and Tom Tribal. You've then got Emiliano Buendia, who was so good in their championship winning campaign. You've then got Todd Cantwell and Kenny McLean, the former Aberdeen and Scotland international. Then leading the line, it is the Finland striker Timu Puki, who has got back amongst the goals in the last couple of outings. I expect this one, though, to be a home victory. Leicester got their tails up. They're playing some wonderful football. Should be a good game. I just want to add, Chris, an interesting thing that I've seen that I can't think of seeing all that often. I've just seen James Madison, Jamie Vardy and Brendan Rodgers on the touchline, just having a laugh and a joke, sharing what appears to be a really good, positive relationship. You often don't find that before games. Managers will be last out for yeah. the tunnel go straight into the dugout it's game faces on but that's just indicative of the atmosphere around Leicester City at the moment they play beautiful football every single player is in the form of his life Brendan Rodgers enjoying his resurgence in the Premier League just a really nice moment I thought yeah.
A um, bit of history there as well, isn't it, with uh, Madison former, uh, up against former teammates as yeah, well. Norwich. I think he's made the right move, probably. Uh, yeah, he absolutely has. And a fair play to Leicester and their scouting team. £25 million he cost. He actually had a spell up north of the border with Aberdeen in the last couple of weeks. Derek McInnes has been pointing out that we want to take some credit for James Madison <laughs> as well. And I remember he scored an incredible free kick against Celtic at Pitodre, did James Madison. He made a real impact up there in the, the six months or so that he was up there. And nice. So we'll claim a little bit of his success <laughs> as well. But yeah, he's up against Norwich, a side that kind of built their team around him in the championship. And uh, I'm sure it will be a, a poignant one and a special one today if James Madison can score. Interested to see if he celebrates. He probably won't. Mm. James Madison. And Big honestly. Danny Park was asked about this one midweek as well. Uh, James Madison, should he have stayed at Norwich? Of course, we were sad when he when he left us, but sometimes you have to accept that the player is, is in this development a bit quicker than the club uh, was, and for us it was also a crucial deal in, in order to uh, to keep the club running because um, of uh, yeah lots of financial pressure and and uh, yeah fingers were of course crossed for him also on this big stage on the Premier League level and all I can say is he's done fantastic so far so you got the feeling so he's uh, improving from from really from from week to week and even on this uh, level so he's, he's yeah playing for a side who's sitting on position two and in, in the best league in the world and he's a key player for them he plays more or less in the number 10 role and, and delivers with uh, with goals he delivers with assists is crucial for their game and uh, totally deserved that he got uh, got the call up uh, for the uh, for the national squad and uh, it's always great to see him on the pitch but one thing is also for sure yeah we want to make it as difficult as possible tomorrow also for him um, in uh, in this area and uh, for that nice to see him but also like we are focused on our game and want to win this game there's just so much more to hear download our podcasts at dubaii 1038.com